Welcome to coffeeis.me podcast, where me means you, or more precisely, us. This is the show where your host, Valerian, without using any interrogation techniques, convinces coffee professionals to reveal their secrets to teach and inspire you to make better coffee and earn a few bucks on the side, if that's what you fancy. Let the show begin. Hey guys, welcome to Coffee's Me podcast. I'm your host Valerian Rala and I have missed you and I hope you miss me a little bit too. What happened you might ask? Well, life happened. That's what happened. You know, I was kind of busy with my three startups. I had small side gigs here and there and I was working on getting healthy. That was my main goal. You know, you remember maybe the episode with Dennett, uh, the one where we talked about cold brew. And, you know, I felt like I really need to step up my game and kind of uh, maybe lose some weight. So uh, I did it and uh, I spent plenty of time walking and exercising and planning my diet. And since we talked last time, I'm 40 pounds lighter. It's very cool to say that. So sorry for bragging. (laughs) And I know some of you are following me on Instagram and you see all those awesome sourdough breads and pizzas and all that you know beautiful baking but the truth is most of that is donated to friends and family (laughs) because uh it's i know it's kind of weird to start a passion of baking bread while you're on diet but uh it is what it is i'm enjoying both of them and i keep going if your plan is to sell coffee or any product in the future i think this episode will be really awesome for you guys I have interviewed William, my business partner, Unleashed Coffee. Uh, You might remember it's the coffee roasting company I started here with him. He's a farmer, uh, coffee farmer, and I'm the coffee roaster in a company, and we are equal. And actually, he, the farmer, is the CEO. So we don't need any fair trade, direct trade, you know, uh, uh, talk. We just do it as as, uh, fairly as it possible, meaning that the farmer has a 50% stake in the company. We're going to talk about sales channels and how do they work for us. This episode we recorded sometimes in May and few things changed. For example, Green Plantation is not on Amazon anymore and Etsy is not doing uh, such a good job for us, uh, for Green Plantation, I mean, uh, and never did anything for Unleashed Coffee, which is a little bit surprising, but it is what it is. I wish somebody else made this episode for us. You know, it's, there's so much information here which can kind of uh, help you think what should be your uh, strategy uh, for your first sales. Like, for example, you know, as already mentioned, Amazon, you know, um, there's so many other episodes on sales on Amazon. They're usually accompanied with some product, you know, they uh, tell you, sell you some tool which will help you to sell on Amazon. But you have to realize that, you know, Amazon is pretty saturated market by now. Even if you look at the coffees, there's tons, tons of coffees, and you know, it's 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 a tough market. And these guys make it sound so easy many times, which I find a little bit uh, deceiving. Yes, you know, they have to sell their uh, products or whatever courses or uh, tools or whatever they try to push on your uh, push down your throat. Uh, so I guess that's why they are so you know optimistic. Uh, but you know the truth is it will generate some sales but you have to keep your expectations very 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 real 
so Amazon and much, much more in this episode. But before we dive in, I, I have something to tell you. And if you expect in an ad for coffee courses, then I will disappoint you. <laughs> so because it's something else. When I started to work with coffee in 2002, uh, I was inspired, heavily inspired by Sweet Maria's blog. That's where it all started for me. In, a, in the past seven years, I try to give back to the community, you know, whether these are uh, blog articles on Bootcamp Coffee or videos on coffeecourses.com, uh, different uh, presentations, emails with you guys, uh, some of, with some of you guys I had Skype calls, and, and obviously this podcast. My goal was inspire you to follow your coffee passion uh, your dreams and you know kind of like push you to make the next step to achieve your goals your happiness or at least content life so if you got inspired and started a cafe a coffee roasting company a coffee catering company cold brew bar or just decided that this industry is not for you my goal was achieved but the truth is that this took away time from my family, my hobbies, and my businesses, obviously. I found myself spending most of the time in front of the computer. And when I woke up in the mornings, my first thought was, gosh, it is already August. When I fall asleep, it was April. <laughs> you know, my dad told me that I should chill because this is normal. This is, comes with age. But the truth is that to make one episode of this podcast uh, took me a few days. Easy. You know, researching, preparing the questions, recording, editing, publishing, sharing, and so on and so on. And, you know, except the editing part, perhaps I enjoyed every moment of it, but I felt that I neglected my life. You know, my life was kind of escaping me. So what am I saying now? Is it all over? I don't think so. You know, I think that only thing what happens is that I'm not going to publish episodes regularly anymore. And, uh, well, what the heck, I was not doing it for a while now, so you guys might, you know, got used to it uh, by now. But do not forget, we still have the great Facebook group, The Coffee Is Me, where other coffee entrepreneurs can help each other. And if you tag me in a post and you have questions for me or for William, for anyone else, I'm sure that they will help you out. So just feel free to join and just let's keep the conversation going. Uh, don't forget we have tons of new podcasts since we launched. I mean, I think today is two years uh, since I interviewed Willem Booth and it was the first episode of this podcast. So since then, we have tons of new podcasts out there about coffee, about business, about anything. So, you know, that's pretty sweet. So there's a lot of other options out there. But if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share your thoughts in form of a review on iTunes. Yes, I'm still an iTunes, collect, iTunes review collector. Uh, you, you know, it's a habit. You know, because you really help me and the future listeners uh, to decide whether this podcast is for them. And who knows, maybe, you know, you will inspire me to create another episode. Wink, wink. <laughs> if you ever left a review or supported the podcast with any amount, or you wrote an email or shared an episode, you have to know that you kept me going. I mean, I mean it from all my heart. I mean, this is not just a blah, blah, because my personal theory is that only really good products will open people's wallets and make them spend their time 
with writing a review or writing a thank you email or a share episode, right? So donations and reviews and feedbacks really kept me going and I'm really, really grateful for, grateful for them. So thank you so much. All right, that's enough of seriousness. And now William and me reveal our initial sales channels only for you. Please keep it for yourselves. No, no, please don't. Please share because as I said previously, sharing is caring. <laughs> All right, enjoy this episode, guys. Well, welcome, guys, in a third episode of uh, this special podcast where we reveal how we started Unleash Coffee and what are we doing right now. And for some weird reason, we decided to help you out to our competitors. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good because we believe that, you know, all these things, what we share with you, you know, you might have some other ideas and we hope that you will share with us and maybe help us out, you know, in some way. So uh, let's go on with something which uh, probably you will find very useful is identifying the sales channels. Ready for it, William? Yes, absolutely. I love this part. <laughs> oh, 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 I think everybody yeah. does. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk about pricing first, okay? Because that's one of the most common questions I get through the coffeecourses.com where, you know, we train coffee roasters. Is usually people ask, you know, how shall I decide about the retail price and about the wholesale price? Mm. So tell me what's your take on it and I'll tell you what's my take on it. Okay. Uh, well, I can't really disclose our formula. It's our secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> now, let, let me be serious now. Um, my, my approach is, is definitely based on value perception and, and value distribution. Um, first, uh, you don't want to compete on price. If, if you look at your competitors, they sell whatever for $9.99. You don't want to just say, because they sell for $9.99, I want, I'm going to do $9.89. Right? It's, it's the easiest way to be, again, uh, just overtaken on price and you start just a price war that doesn't benefit uh, anyone. You don't want to price it too low because people will feel like, oh, this is not a good enough product. You don't want to price it too high because people will question like, wait a minute, I don't even know this product. It's so expensive. You're limiting your market market by a whole bunch. Right? And so I, what I wanted to do and what we did at Unleash Coffee was that we obviously look at uh, what the market offers out there. Um, obviously, we calculated what our costs are. But at the end of the day, we wanted to know from the customers how much they were willing to pay. And so it doesn't matter even if I will tell you guys how I came up with the price now. It's not going to work. It's not like a plug and play that you can say whatever Unleashed did, I'll do the same. It depends uh, on, on your market, on your customers. And that's why I love these marketing terms that are uh, so uh, 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 uh uh, vague and at the same time so important. It's to my, in my opinion, it's all about value perception. How much are your customers uh, or uh, willing to pay for your coffee? If you charge less than what they're willing to pay, you leave your money on the table. If you charge more, you're not going to sell. And personally, in my uh, uh, um, my approach, I think one of the 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 visions uh, that it's core uh, at Unleash Coffee is the distribution of value. And so our mission says, 
uh, unleash the, pot the quality of the coffees and the potential of people working with the coffees. And I include the distribution of value as part of unleashing them. And, and the distribution of value obviously does not have to be just money, right? It could be something else. But since we're talking about price here, I truly believe that uh, uh, I want my customers to also benefit from the fact that we can control quality and remove extra hoops along the chain. And, uh, I think we could come up, our story, it's my opinion or in other people's opinions, is, is it's outstanding, the packaging, right? we just talked about it, Valerian is very well known in the industry. We could price this coffee really high and say, hey, nobody else offers what we offer and this is the price you're gonna pay. But then uh, I feel that I wouldn't I wasn't being uh, as good as I could be delivering the value or distributing the value to the end, end customer, right? And I'm not saying that our coffee prices are not going to go high. Obviously, we're working at the farm every year, like tons of investment, planting new varieties, doing tons of exciting things, and all those cost money, and we're focused now only on quality, right? Uh, productivity is something from the past. Um, so obviously those things cost money and eventually that's going to bump up the price of our coffees and if you get prizes, certificates, right? All those things play a role. But so summarizing my answer, right? Value perception. So what the customer is willing to pay for it and distribution of value is something that it's really close to my heart that I would like to do continuously in any business that I operate Cool. Well, I have a much shorter answer for you guys. Uh, what I do very often, I uh, put my product in certain category. So meaning, for example, it's a specialty coffee, it offers certain value, and how do other competitors price uh, the same kind of product? So in my case, you know, I went to the grocery store, I looked at brands which I thought that we are on the same level, looked at their prices and matched them, not make them. In some cases, we made them cheaper, but there was a reason for that. But let's say the dark roast, because the dark roast usually runs cheaper than, you know, than the, the light roast. It's because the third wave is willing to pay a little bit more for the coffee than, you know, the old school. Uh, and kind of match them because you want to be perceived as them. Okay, so you want to be basically if, if your product match the quality, you want to basically match the price. So people don't think that your quality is worse because unfortunately people think the more expensive things are higher quality. I don't know why is that, but you know, we people shop like that. So yeah, that works. And uh, let's talk about a little bit about the, you know, the difference about uh, the wholesale and the retail price. And this is where we kind of fall a little bit in a trap and we will, you know, like uh, go to that. Um, so I start this one because uh, I have two brands and I have to say that in Green Plantation in Europe, we, our first wholesale price was 10% different than the retail, which is rubbish. You should never do that because, you know, it was a hard sell. And I can understand because, you know, people buy coffee from you from wholesale. They, they want to make profit too, you know, first of all. Second, it's a perishable product. Although Green Plantation guarantees, you know, their quality and, you know, if they don't sell it, we take it back. Still, you know, it's occupies these shelves. They want to make profit from it. So 10% was not the right number. So we, you know, slowly, slowly increased it and we found more and more people who were willing to buy it. So that's lesson one. Lesson two, 
you know, you you want to price it in a the wholesale price in a way so even the I would say third party. So there, there are actually people between. Uh, sorry, how do I say it? There are people in a wholesale chain who are not only you and and the buyer, but they are sometimes distributors, sometimes dealers, and sometimes you don't have a choice not to go through the distributor. And they will take a cut away from your wholesale price, and you have to be ready for that. And this is the part where I think we as uh, Unleashed feel a bit failed, and I had no clue about that. Uh, Don't you feel, William? Uh, Yes. Um, uh, I I agree. When it comes, I don't know much right about the the other places i've never sold roasted coffee before until we launched unleashed but uh um we have an interesting situation at unleashed coffee that we are working with a sales rep that uh, who is very nice in fact i had a meeting with him yesterday and uh, he's having a hard time getting us into the stores that he covers and then i asked him but do you know why uh uh uh, do you know if it's something that uh, uh, it's wrong with the product, wrong with the price? And what is it? And he said, no, William, honestly, there's nothing wrong with the product. They all like it. The, the packaging is great. And I leave samples. And uh, and I said, how about the price? And he said, your price is spot on. I've never heard a complaint. And I was uh, happy, actually happy, right? Because as Valerian said, I'm sure all of you ask questions about price and how should I price my coffee uh, and to sell? So when I, while I had a very long answer for the retail pricing, the wholesale, uh, wholesale margin, my answer is very simple, 30 to 40%. That's it. Uh, based on what I've learned at this point, uh, and as Valerian said, depends also on your products, right? Uh, you may have some premium products and you may have some least expensive products. Uh, you may have a sales rep involved. You may have a coffee distributor involved. And that's why I'm not giving you a full number. So straight answer, 30 to 40%. Yeah, but then you have to make sure that, you know, your wholesale price, then you take away another 15 to 25% or even sometimes 30 for these, I don't know what they call them, third party, you know, people like the distributors or these uh, wholesale, you know, uh, what do you call him, the dealer, because, uh, and that's what for me the shocking, you know, because I was like, oh, if I, if, if, if you leave, you know, something between 30, 40% for the wholesale accounts, I would be happy. I knew that because, you know, previous experience, easy. Now, there's one case when the uh, that grocery chain said that, oh, we are happy to buy from you, but you have to go to a distributor and this is their, you know, name. And we go like, oh, okay. So we went to the distributor and they said, uh, well, you have to pay us X percent. And it was not 10 and it was not 30. <laughs> so it was <laughs> something between. I forgot how much exactly. But, you know, the, the thing is that suddenly you fall in a problem that you have to pay from your wholesale pr- price another 20%, 25 and if you have a, a distributor and a dealer, then maybe 30%. And that's when you kind of earn cents on your coffee, which I never worked with that model. With Green Plantation, we don't do that, as I said. And it's a very clear model, and we make you know normal profit. It's a very sustainable business model, and we do okay. With Unleash, and sometimes, like, is it really worth it? You know, is it really worth, you know, having a dollar profit on a bag of coffee? For me, 
business wise no but william's opinion and you have to confirm is that uh is that you know it's also kind of outreach so not only that you know we sell that coffee but also people learn about us which he's right about yeah i, th- I think we we all need to if I think, if we think back and we hear from the other players in this market, right? They all have the same complaints. Oh, it's a very crowded market. It's challenging, uh, and, and 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 you can go on and on. And so we definitely need to find ways that we differentiate ourselves. And obviously, the, the one way that you would avoid, try to avoid, is differentiate on offering a price that they they would feel like okay this is it but what I, we also learned and i think both valeria and i is that some stores even though on their website they say uh our mission is to offer the best products uh and and then foster community collaboration and buy local and so on and so forth uh, when you present your products to them sometimes their first question is what's the margin how much am I making on a coffee bag? And so you can tell that um, uh, you, you fulfill all those other things that sound really good on paper on the internet and that people feel like, wow, I want to be part of this. I want to support this. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of people, uh, st- uh, companies out there that the bottom line for them is still the most important. And I agree with Valerian. It's definitely something that we would not like to do. But at the same time, uh, uh, it, well, it's it's hard for us to say exactly because we're relatively new in, in the market. But uh, I'm afraid that if we only look at our margin and think, you know what, it is what it is. This is the price. And then when you go to the stores and uh, all of a sudden your coffee, you're the new kid on the block. Nobody knows about you. And your price is the highest of them all. Um we are afraid that uh, that's going to turn a lot of the customers down. And I'm sure all of you, many of you roast coffee and you understand also the importance of freshness, right? Of roast coffee as often as you can to keep just turning, right? The product over and over. And so we try to find that sweet spot, that nice balance between margins and selling more right, and volume and, and bringing more accounts in. And uh, I'll close that with uh, what Valeria mentioned. It's a, uh, it's, it's very, it, it's really true. In the beginning, we thought, hey, we can do this ourselves, right? Uh, as as we've done pretty much uh, uh, most things. But now we realize that there are some stores that we can't reach unless we deal with the distributor. And obviously, neither Valeria nor I would have the chance to drive over, around the country to find grocery stores. And so we need to rely on sales reps that they would charge anywhere between 10, 15 percent. The distributors, they charge uh, even more because they take care of the distribution. Uh, And so if you add those things up, then you'll be like, oh, my God, I'm if I give 40 percent margin plus 20 percent, 60 percent, my plus my cost, I'm not making any money. I'm losing money. And so that's. Uh, I think what uh, you will encounter and you're going to have to fine tune. And I think that will come, uh, that, that will be uh, primarily also based on competition, right? You're, you're brand new. There's nobody else out there. Your coffee is infinitely better than everything else. Yeah, Gold and, mine. And just 
to kind of emphasize is that this is something we did not know. We did not anticipate it. And I said in the beginning, it was kind of a failure because we have to readjust our price, uh, our wholesale price based on that just a little bit, but it's still something which we already had our own, you know, few stores who were buying from us and, you know, we had to change the price and we decided not to change the price for them. But now it creates a kind of like, you know, double pricing, which we also did not want to have. So, you know, it's something which I wish I could hear on a podcast before <laughs> we decided <laughs> about our wholesale price. Okay, let's move on, William. Um, sure. So this is the pricing. Let's go through the channels where we sell and kind of kind of evaluate them, like how we see them today. Because, you know, from some we had high hopes and did not pan out as we wanted. And some maybe we did not. <laughs> we did not. Uh, maybe they pan out, but not as we want. So... Uh, Let's go on. Let's start with grocery stores because we already mentioned that. Uh, what would you say is the easiest way to the grocery store? Because you are calling them most of the time. Yes. You know, what would you say on a phone that you know <laughs> you can go there and pitch? Uh, let me explain why I'm laughing first. <laughs> uh, and I hope you guys also have fun with it because it wasn't very fun when it happened. Uh, so there was a there was a store there is a store not too far from us that if you visit their website it's all about sustainability it's all about buying from the farmer buying from the source and um, as I was reading their website uh, I never just cold call right I I do cold calling but I do what I call an educated cold call which I definitely go to the person's website or the business website I read about them I read what matters to them but or, or what doesn't so I don't just just call and say can I walk in right uh, and this one I, as I was reading the website I was thinking oh my god these people are des- describing exactly who we are and what we do it's it's an easy deal. We're gonna be there. We're gonna get there for sure. They treated us very nicely. Valeria and I went there and we left them tons of. They require tons of samples, right? First time that we left full bags. We never done that before. Um, because we we clicked so well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We were very happy, right? And there were two of us, two of them. We found like oh, this is perfect. Well, guess what? These guys, they. Uh, I kept calling and emailing and they kept saying, give us more time. You haven't tried your coffee. And they were the only ones that said, you need to bring like yesterday's roast. Yeah. And they were the only ones that took two weeks to, to probably not taste. But anyways, uh, we didn't get the account, obviously. And so when Valerian starts talking about the the, the not so good parts of the grocery stores or the the failures, that one is the one that now we talk and we laugh about we laugh about it. And and uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate unfortunate but true. But how do I approach a grocery store, and why is our acceptance rate rate I believe higher than what I've heard from other peers on in the industry? As I said educated code calling, educated code emailing. Just don't copy and paste an email. Don't Just don't call saying that you have a product to show. Just don't say that, you know, you're the best, right? Uh, we all know in the coffee industry, if you say my coffee is the best in the world, you're lying, period. Um, so. Exactly. Say find, why you're different, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find, find out why it matters uh, uh, to them. Uh, 
what you have to offer, right? Why is it good for them? It's not about you, it's about them. Uh, so whether you're calling, emailing, or just walking in, come prepared, right? Just don't drop from a parachute there. Uh, after you start selling at more places, things tend to become a bit easier as there's less uncertainty about you, about your product, about your business. Stores, they always ask us, where else are you selling? And some of them, I have a feeling that the main reason why they are selling us is because their neighbor is also. And so the challenge uh, uh, is also that it, it's, it's how to make it easy for them to talk to you, uh, how to reach out to you. Or, uh, you know, they don't want another problem. You're just one product. So you will have to run the show. So they, they're not interested in you coming and selling, but they're interested in, are you going to do in-store demos? Are you going to do restocking yourself? They want to know those details that matter so much to them. So it's not about uh, uh, about you. It's very easy, right, to talk about you, about your product, about your business. But at the end of the day, the person sitting at the other side of the table is just thinking, why is it good for me? And so uh, tell them, why is it good for them? It's about them, their store, their customers, their success. Right? And if you make them happy, if you differentiate yourself by telling them that you are bringing them a solution, not a problem, they'll like you. So it takes a change in mindset to understand that. Right? You have to offer something better, more affordable, better looking and than what they already have. And uh, uh, otherwise, what's the point? So that would be my answer. Yeah, I think that, you know, you, you said it right. Everything, you know, I agree with. And uh, the demos. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit about that. You mentioned that. But, you know, those are vital. Like we learned that grocery stores are like a museum. You can put it on a sh If you put it on a shelf, you're lucky. Good, you got in, but you will not sell anything. And that happened to us. Some grocery stores do okay, some groceries do, do not so okay, and partly it depends on a demo. Now, you can go like, oh yeah, I'm going to do demo, but man, you know, doing a coffee demo is not that easy, because A, some people don't drink coffee in the morning, some people don't drink coffee in the evening, some people don't drink coffee at all, some people are going to be rude to you, and you know, I, I now have such a big respect for people who do demos, because before that, you know, I I found them kind of a nuisance, maybe a little bit. I never was rude to them. I have to say that, you know, I respect everybody's job, but I was like, oh, okay, there's a demo, you know, I, I don't want that. And now I'm always <laughs> good and heavy just to kind of support that person, because it's not easy to stand out there and offer, offer your product and get the no's, and sometimes they're very rude no's. But that said, I think you should not hire anyone else. You should do it yourself in the beginning because the data you can collect, the people you can meet would be crucial for your further growth, I think. There's so many feedback we received which we could actually you know, adjust certain things on our website, certain things about the product descriptions, which help us then you know, be better. And if you hire somebody, somebody, they will not tell you that. But if you are there in person, first of all, it's kind of cool that they meet the roaster or the farmer or the, the owner, the CEO of the company. That's kind of cool. And second, you, you get all these, you know, if you listen, obviously, you get all these, you know, um, great inputs. 
True. In the initial sales volume is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Right? You, 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 you have no data, you have no history. But what I like to say is no demos, no love. <laughs> if you just put your products on the shelf there, even though the packaging is great and you can put signs and everything else, you know, people don't walk in thinking, today I came here for a new coffee. They don't, they don't just do it. Uh, and, and, and if you think about it, a bag of coffee these days, it's quite pricey, good coffee, right? Mm. So it's a big risk. People, you know, they do think, I may spend $15 on a bag of coffee, and if I don't like it, it's 15 bucks. Uh, they, uh, to them, that, uh, that decision costs a ton of money. Right, uh, those fifteen dollars are very expensive when the decision making uh, uh, takes place. So, uh, as Valerian said, demos are very important, and we can tell after demos you sell more, no doubts. Uh, but that, but, but can... sorry, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, uh, again, right? Some stores it work better. Some stores it work. It doesn't work as much. Uh, if you count like, oh, I spent. X many hours to sell this much coffee. Right? Obviously, that's going to change from store to store. But uh, you cannot make things worse by doing demos. That's what I would say. Yes. Don't expect miracles from grocery stores. I did. So that was a little bit let down. But on the other hand, to get in, it's a privilege. And it's yes. pretty awesome you know, uh, to see your products on, on, on the grocery store shelves. And when your friends say, oh, you know, I saw it on, on the local market local grocery store that gives you also that kind of a credibility so definitely do that so yes. i would say yes grocery <laughs> stores yes absolutely people recognize your brand mm-hmm. many customers they buy groceries at grocery stores yes amazon's big they can buy you know hello fresh and all that stuff but they still go to grocery stores so if your coffee is there they'll buy it some people like to support the local businesses, and if you have the chance to tell that story, good for you, right? The, uh, um, so, grocery, some grocery stores they carry pro- your products because they're good. So, as Valerian said, just by being at that local specialty grocery store, that gives you credibility. People say, "Wow, they're here!" So they they are at this level, right? That the, the level that the community expects uh, from from that store. And it's our own uh, uh, for self-motivation when somebody comes and say, hey, William, hey, Valerian, I saw your coffee at the grocery store. Oh, I'm seeing that you're at that new store now. Oh, my God, William, I went wine tasting and I saw your coffee at the grocery store there. It's very fulfilling. So I agree. I agree. Double yes. And they just buy it for the sake of uh, supporting us, which is amazing. Like, that's great. You know, like... When it comes to grocery stores, just bear in mind, as we said in the beginning, there'll be ones who will be amazing to you. They will be helpful. We have examples of that, and we are so grateful to them. And there will be some who will try to skim you and take your, you know, everything. They want free refills and whatever. It's up to you to decide if you want to be with them. William knows me. If I feel that this grocery store is full of BS about, you know, uh, the farming aspect or farm to fork and they're just BSing and it's all just rubbish and they try to just look cool and they try to skim you, I don't want to be partners with them. My theory is that I want to work with people I like to work with because then the cooperation is much, much better than, you know, just doing it because we want to do some sales. 
So we dropped some grocery stores and we are not sorry that we are not there today, you know. So just count true. with that. Don't feel threatened that you have to be everywhere. That's true. All right, let's move on to the amazing Amazon. So <laughs> <laughs> another I, laugh here. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a good story. Fresh, fresh from the oven. <laughs> okay, so just to give a little intro is that we had a very high hopes for Amazon for f multiple reasons. One, because we listened to the podcast about the amazing Amazon, you know, fulfilled by Amazon. People are getting rich. The course is you pay and you become rich on Amazon instantly. Um, yes. And then the reality sets in, right? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, I, I will try to not give as many details because, <laughs> Uh, this would ruin their 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 sales uh, pitch. <laughs> um, Valer, both Valeria and I last week we were chatting, uh, and so we we're taking care of our, our Facebook Unleash Coffee page, and a ad came across our screen, which was a company trying to well prom uh, promoting this amazing word of Amazon, right? That you can. You can get amazing returns with almost nothing. With the, that kind of like 30 minutes a day, $10,000 a month kind of sales pitch. Well, Valeria and I, uh, we're somewhat disappointed with Amazon. Uh, not so much for like profitability, but what? But when we, uh, when we analyze what has been promised or what's stated there and and it how it happens in real life and um so these people they we both thought well either they have the secret sauce or we're we're pretty uh non-intelligent people uh that we're we're fairly miserably compared to this amazing opportunity that they offer so i went i decided to go there right that Free two hours presentations as sales pitch. It was not by and, the Amazon. It was done by. No, it was not yeah. by Amazon. Okay. Yeah, it's a third party company. And so, well, uh, so I'll, I'll focus on the funny details. So they, the two hours were surrounding a, a their approach or their they called formula their system that it's based on four things that you would make tons of money on Amazon. So much so that if you wouldn't they would return your money guaranteed right so you when every time you see those statements they're pretty bold right it, either it works or your money back and i was like wow well anyways the four pillars that they suggested are everything that we are doing already we're not doing anything less than what they claim would make you ten thousand dollars a month working 30 minutes a day and sorry folks it is not working at least not for us and uh, so let me go over those because I'm sure you're going to do some study on your own. Maybe you're already on Amazon. You're going to hear these things. You know, be aware. And I'm not, I'm not saying that our lack of successes of today uh, means that you're going to also have the same situation, right? We're just sharing what we know. And so the first one, you have to have an FBA or Fulfilled by Amazon account, which is, uh, it's a seller pro account. You pay a monthly fee and you can send your drop ship your products to, to Amazon. 
the drop shipment, it's it's quite inexpensive if you compare to regular shipping rates, but obviously it's too cost money. You, Amazon doesn't pay anything for you, right? You, this, There's a lot of love between Amazon and customers, not so much between Amazon and sellers. At least that's my, my opinion. And um, so you have to have an FBA account score, we do. Uh, you you have to have what they said it's a, it's a killer which they call private label which is nothing but your business right so in other words you're not selling Duracell batteries just like ten thousand other people right you're selling ABC coffee you're selling Unleashed coffee that nobody else has that's a private label so you have to have a private label okay we do um, you have to answer customers questions and. Uh, um, responses, uh, keep the account in good standings. We do. We have a close to five account score. We have high reviews. Uh, um, and, um, and, and, and they said the other thing you have to do is to manage price. So manage price, and I'm going to develop the idea a bit further because there's some concepts that you guys may not, may not be aware of. So when you put a your product on Amazon, obviously you can set any price that you want. But there are some specific tools that you can use. One of them is match lowest price, which you probably don't want to do. Or if you do, right, uh, you know what you're doing. Um, the second is the buy box price. So Amazon has this fancy algorithm that score products, right? So they, they show higher. And obviously there are a variety of inputs, but one of the inputs is the price and based on the research that i've done uh, amazon doesn't like the lowest priced items because they make commission on a price so they and also they don't want the the high they don't like the highest prices that don't sell so they want something in between something that is reasonably priced and popular so they call that that range buy box so you can also control your products to make sure that it fits the Amazon buy box, buy box price. You don't want to be outside of that, right? So they also say that your price has to be the buy box price. We have all those things. So we have we have the formula, we have the ingredients. So the recipe to success is there. We are not making ten thousand dollars a month working thirty minutes per day. That's not happening for us. So uh, I wanted to share that story, and I hope you're not bored with it. Uh, but uh, because pretty much everything else I heard there was not useful at all. And, um, and you know, if people can make that much money, good for them, right? I wish them well. But reality, the reality, at least for coffee, is it, it, does, it doesn't work uh, uh, as we intended. So if you decide to sell on Amazon, right, the more, more and more shoppers buy there. On Amazon, you have to be extremely careful when it comes to final cost because the shipping so the drop shipping to amazon the shipping from amazon to the consumer uh that adds up and the fact that uh you once you drop ship products to amazon the products get redistributed among their uh distribution uh, warehouses and you lose control of we where your product is and which product is where. So if you say if you're if you're selling, I don't know if you're selling headsets, 
right? That uh, uh, wired headset. So who cares, right? Where they are and how old they are, then it's 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 all good. But if you're selling specialty coffee and you care about freshness, you have a big problem to handle. So there's all these things that um, we did not anticipate that you kind of learn as you go. So just uh, uh, yeah, try to do some uh, thorough research before it rely on Amazon to be this gold mine, as a lot of people promise. And you know, William, I disagree with you about the profitability. I think it's not profitable. There was a month when we lost money, actually. True. Because, we, because don't forget, uh, the prime shipping is not paid by the customer, it's paid by the seller. So yes. we pay for every sale now, I don't remember, we pay like seven bucks, six ninety-five or something like that. Plus you have a cost to make that product and if you look, our price is like 12 bucks or 13 bucks, depending on the coffee. Well, add it together. We're making very little money on Amazon when it you know, comes to profitability. But again, similarly like with the grocery stores, it's a marketplace where we can kind of get in front of other people. That's really true. But on the other hand, you have to pay for that. So because you know, if you have an Amazon seller account, you can actually advertise your product on Amazon. And as a beginner, you should do that. Now, William mentioned the four pillars, you know, and William said that they, we have that and they don't really work. Well, what works, and we know that works, is similar like with, with uh, it's similar kind of thing like a search engine optimization because Amazon is a search engine. They have the algorithm and there's a lot of ways how you can kind of uh, improve on that algorithm. But one of the things which you can improve on that algorithm are reviews. And those are crucial for your products. But I'll tell you that we have very few reviews on our products, despite of the fact that we probably sold to 100, 200 customers in the past six months on Amazon. We have maybe 40 reviews per product, William, I don't really remember. Uh, some, yeah. One, Average. we have eight, another, yeah. we have two, yeah, probably so like four or five. Yeah. That's crucial to get those, uh, those reviews in order to you know score high but you can see that the the review rate is under 10% which is you know which is pretty bad you know and previously there were systems where where you know you probably if you shop on amazon amazon you probably saw these little remarks when it said on the review that oh i got this product for a discounted price or whatever you know this review is written for discounted price because there were services where you could put your product and that service found you customers who, you know, bought it for heavily discounted price. That means, and they promised the reviews for that. And that worked very well. So people who did it before us, we basically hit that time when this was kind of, you no know, stopped, stopped being legal on them. Or actually, it was against terms of Amazon. So people who did that before Amazon put this as no-no, they, they got all these reviews and they will beat you easily, you know. So if you go on Amazon today and you uh, not Google, but search for coffee, you get these top brands. And they, yes, they do sell between five to $15,000 worth of coffee every month. And that sounds awesome. And if you, there are little tools which you can download for your uh, browser, and they will show you that, oh no, they rank, let's say, top 10 products. Top, top, in category coffee, they rank top 10. And that makes sense. Unleashed Coffee ranks around uh, did you check around thousand? I think I I haven't checked lately. Yeah, it's and it's crazy. You know, it's like you know, and most of these brands you will see, except one or two, they are all 
made to sell on Amazon, you know, and we actually, before we started to sell on Amazon, we, with William, we tested it and we bought one of the brands, man, that was probably the worst coffee I ever had. It was so <laughs> bad. It Seriously, it was horrible stuff. And I was like, wow. And they do score very high on the, on the, on the ranking. You know, they got tons of reviews, you know, almost all of them positive. So there's a lot of tricks. And, you know, I don't, as William said, we don't want to bore you with this because it's a really deep stuff. And there's a lot of podcasts about that you can sign up and, you know, the guys have great tips, but it's not 30 minutes a day. It's a constant work and it's not about your product. It's about SEO on Amazon and, you know, fighting algorithm, which I'm like, we both nerds, but we are like, oh, we want to sell the coffee rather than fight algorithm for one or two dollar profit. So we, we decided that, you know, we're going to continue sell on Amazon, but Amazon, we cannot guarantee their quality because as William said, the, we don't know how old the coffee is because sometimes they sell the you know older rolls, sometimes they sell the younger rolls, uh, the fresher rolls. So we don't know. We guarantee the quality when it comes to the grocery stores because we can manage that. We guarantee the quality when it comes to a website. So we basically line up with other brands on Amazon, and you know we're still going to sell there. Just be ready for that because I do also sell Amazon on Amazon with Green Plantation on in Amazon UK. And we're losing money there. I tell you that, you know, we have a cost, like, you know, uh, uh, I think it's like uh, 40 bucks, 40 pounds or 29 pounds. I don't really remember. And we sell some coffee and, and we also advertise, you know, that coffee. And, you know, it's just, you know, we lose money on that. I'm still testing and trying, but we did not find a secret sauce yet. All right. Uh, yeah, do you have something to add to Amazon? No, no, that's it. Pretty, okay. pretty comprehensive. So let's move on uh, something which we just tried and we know very little about, but, you know, we're testing it. It's Etsy. So we put our coffee on Etsy and tried it out because uh, I was shopping there once, something for my wife, and uh, I found Trump coffee. <laughs> and I was like, well, if Trump <laughs> coffee can exist, why, why not Alnish coffee there, right? So, um, absolutely. So, should I talk about this, the Etsy? Yeah, yeah, please, please. Okay. So, we uploaded a product, and I love the uh, system. You know, the it's of the how the uh, how easy it is to post products, how intuitive it is to kind of adjust things. It's really easy, and and like the whole you know Etsy vibe and feel. It's much easier than, you know, Amazon. We did not mention that, but, you know, the learning curve on Amazon for us was, it took a while, you know, and we both are nerds. We do websites and stuff, and, you know, it just took some time, and William is actually a coder, you know. So Etsy is different. It's much easier, and also much easier on, on SEO. And we started with Unleashed Coffee, and I also put on uh, Green Plantation for the UK and European market, and we tested different things. Unfortunately, for Unleash, we did not have a single sale yet. Yet we're not giving up because we just like the whole environment and we see that, let's say, the Trump coffee or the coffees do sell some. I mean, it's not giant amounts, but they do sell some. But we did not figure out the algorithm yet, I think. With Green Plantation, we did few sales and we noticed that as soon as you do a sale, your coffee gets more attention or any product, it suddenly gets more attention. 
and hopefully you will do more sales and get reviews. It's similar like Amazon, you have to get those reviews in. So other tip which I can give you is what we learned. When you do your description on the bottom of uh, Etsy, there are tags. And those tags have to match the text and the title of your product. If you do that, you will rank higher on those keywords on Etsy. And I think everybody's using that. Um, so it can work. The, the uh, bad part about Etsy is that, you know, for coffee, you know, for us, is that most people are looking for, you know, crafts, something which people make with their hands. And coffee is kind of a borderline. Uh, although in our case, we do everything from the farm to the uh, coffee ourselves, which, you know, I think that we are actually very Etsy friendly. But, you know, uh, many, you know, other food products might have those struggles there. That said, again, there are brands which sell very well there and, you know, coffee brands. So we are not giving up. We're trying try to still figure this out. We get some likes, you know, from people for the product. And, uh, well, we're hoping that if, if that will work out, it will be pretty awesome. That's true. We won't give up. No, not all. I mean, I really like it. And if you guys don't have any web store and you want to start to sell, let's say you have farmer's markets and you want to have some store that people buy, go for Etsy because you can send your customers there. You know, you have basically like a front uh, storefront, you know, with a link with a front storefront and posting products on Etsy is 20 cents per product per month, which is nothing. That's like, that's really nothing. Plus, I think the sales... From sales, you pay just tiny percentage compared to Amazon or, or other services. So yeah, all right, Etsy. All right, you you didn't do too much with Etsy, but do you have anything to add? No, no. I think I think you said it all. Uh, uh, the biggest advantage of Etsy, in my opinion, is that there's no downside. As Valerian said, it's twenty cents per product. So even if you don't sell, you can afford it. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, and now the I think the most important stuff for everyone uh, selling on your own website. It's I know websites cost money, and we are lucky because we could build it ourselves exactly how we want it. But you know I think it's the twenty first century, so it's not that hard. And one of the biggest advantages on websites over all other stores is that it's yours. It goes only away when you decide the terms are your terms. Amazon can ban you, can send you away, and all your business is gone. You know, the same with Etsy. Etsy changes the terms that, oh, from tomorrow we are not selling coffee. Goodbye. But the web store is yours. You can move it. You can do whatever. It's your terms. Right, William? That is absolutely correct. I think uh, if, if, you're, uh, if having the control over everything... And then uh, uh, being able to really deliver whatever you want in the terms that you want. Uh, the website's a winner. Okay. So I think that we can run through our website, how we built it. So I don't want to go, you know, like into too deep, uh, too deep into any details. Sure. Just what kind of systems we use and how we built it. And uh, yeah, just let's yeah. let's go through it. You can maybe like just mention the 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 technologies or the tools so yes. people if they're interested they feel like oh I want to learn more about this they can search they can ask questions that's what I meant our, yeah perfect so our 
our website, we built it uh, using the WordPress, WordPress platform. So it's a WordPress WordPress template that we started off. As Valerian said, I do I could do the coding myself. So it's actually a combination uh, of uh, reusing uh, parts of the template with our own uh, designs, our own styles. Uh, for the e-commerce section, we use WooCommerce. Uh, I believe it's pretty much uh, well known um, all all over the world. Um, for payment processing, we use uh, Braintree primarily. Uh, I'm sure all of you want to have PayPal too. Braintree, I don't know if they still offer the same deal that they offered when we started, but it was a pretty sweet deal. So you should definitely check it out if you're looking for a credit card uh, uh, merchant account and, and, and processor. Um, we have a brand new addition to our website, which is Shipo. So now we handle all the shipping ourselves, so all, all, all orders placed on our website. Uh, I'm, I actually do them one by one, and I use Shipo to help me identify the cheapest and quickest uh, way. Actually, I should say quickest first, quickest and cheapest way. That's another thing that we do as a courtesy to our consumers. Uh, we charge a flat rate fee, which is actually a flat rate priced as uh, uh, slow mail, but we always ship priority. So we definitely want and that amazing customer experience. So Shippo is a tool that we use for shipping. And obviously, there are a lot of other plugins right, that you could use to help you from SEO to abandoned cart to invoicing and uh, but the, the sky's the limit there. But uh, so just again, to, to make it clear, it's a, a website uh, based on a WordPress template that we use Woo, and we use WooCommerce as the e-commerce engine. We use Braintree and PayPal for payment processing. We use Shippo to help us with uh, 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 fulfillment, right, shipping and uh, another myriad of tools to make the website uh, as, as nice as we want it to be. William said that we have some custom coding, but you don't have to do that because, for example, I do not custom code. And if you visited, ever visited coffeecourses.com or if you have visited Green Plantations websites, we, you know, they all run under the same system. It's WooCommerce and WordPress. So you guys you know, can do it yourself if you put your mind to it. If you can hire somebody and pay for it, it's even better because you should do your business, right? You should do, you know, coffee, not uh, not doing websites. But I think in the startups, it's, it's totally okay to do your own website. That said, I just want to um, tell you one thing is about the payment processing, what William mentioned, the brain tree. Uh, just to understand, you need something to process your credit cards, okay? So one way to do, you know, one people people can pay with their PayPal. And one way when you want them to insert a credit card, you need a payment processor. And that's what we use Braintree for. But there is Stripe and there is one million other companies out there who, you know, can offer you this. And then you install the plugin on WordPress, which, you know, uh, will then cooperate with the credit cards. That said, you have to make all the website safe and secure. And that's a matter of hosting. So when it comes to Unleash Coffee, we host at A2 Hosting, which is, you know, a company and they offer uh, SSL certificates, which 
make the website secure. But what I recommend, uh, which I use in every other business which I run, is a company called SiteGround. And uh, I just really like them because not only they, they give you a free SSL certificate, so it's very easy to install, it, they also give you um, uh, a PCI compliance. And PCI compli- compliance is a set of rules and protocols which make the website safe to process payments. This is something which people don't know, but it's legally required if you process payments to have a PCI compliance. Now, I would say 90% of the websites don't do that because they don't know about it. I did not know about it. I learned it only when I signed up to SiteGround to their biggest package, which is not that expensive. I think the first year you pay like 15 bucks a a month uh, and then next year 30 bucks a month, which I hate, by the way. I don't know why they increase the price and then decrease uh, for the loyal customers, but that's how it is. Uh, We are not pushing any of these hosts. Please feel free to you know, we don't have any profits from this. This is what we use. Uh, William likes A2. I like SiteGround. But I'm sure there's tons of yeah. other services out there. Uh, I personally tested many, many of them. And most of them are let down. So just make sure that you select a good host. Because moving your website from place to place is kind of complicated and unnecessary. You know, so. True. Uh, if I would add like a third option, so people would uh, look there, Namecheap. Namecheap has uh, offered a pretty good mm. service the last time I checked. You know, I, it's so strange because I have a test website on Namecheap. So, guys, I'm testing all of them because I do also, you know, this as a, as a as a business. You know, so sometimes I do websites for uh, people, and I want to make sure that your experience is hundred percent. Perfect. I do test Namecheap. I tested the cheapest uh, serv- servers, and I was surprised how fast it was, because it's like uh, now I, I don't want to lie. It's like nineteen bucks a year, not a month, a year, and it was faster than other places where I paid like you know ten, fifteen bucks a month, and I was surprised, and I was like, wow, this is not a bad service. Did you have the same experience? Yeah, it was pretty good, and uh, the. The another tool that I think is worth mentioning that we use we use a get response to handle our email marketing efforts, uh-huh. uh, and that's actually one of the reasons why I use A2 because I run a few other websites on the A2 platform, and among those three, A2 was the only one that allowed us to have root access to the machine. Now, if you're not a, a software engineer, you're probably thinking. What is that or who cares, right? So you're, the thinking is correct. It's not for you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, But if, if you're building a website and it's a bigger website and you know that you're going to need root level access to connect to some APIs or to do some fancier kind of coding or connection with external tools, then you have to be very careful because most of those solutions don't offer such option, and that's why I'm with A2. But Valerian's right. When it comes to performance, SiteGround seems to be the best, and Namecheap seems to have improved substantially is the least expensive. Okay, so that's website, and as we said, it's very important because it's yours, and nobody yes. can take it away from you. So, okay. Now, all right, let's talk about uh, other platforms we use for selling and now we can talk about what we plan and what what's you know we kind of uh, thinking and what 
we are doing right now. So we maybe don't have enough data. And William, I'll, I'll give you the floor because you are working with a company sure. called RangeMe. Correct. And can you tell more about them? Yes, I, I can. Um, so RangeMe is it's one of the channels where we're trying to uh, get the word out there about Unleash Coffee. Um, so just to give some background, as Valerian said, we're currently on our website. We're selling on Amazon. We're selling at uh, uh, groceries, local grocery stores. Our roadmap uh, for the near term now is to approach restaurants and cafes around us and uh, start working with them, farmers, markets. It's definitely something that we also in the process of getting all the legal paperwork done to, to participate. When it comes to um, stores, grocery stores, or some of those channels, we realize that, yeah, we need sales representatives, uh, we need coffee distributors uh, to fulfill. And we learned that some stores, they don't buy directly from vendors anymore. They don't buy from sales reps. They don't buy from coffee distributors. They're buying from RangeMe. So RangeMe is actually a startup company located here in San Francisco. And um, it started, uh, I just actually came back from a meeting with their whole team, which is very pleasant. They're very happy with Unleash Coffee. Um, started with a collaboration with one of the largest retailers in the country and uh, it, it's expanding now uh you guys can check at their website rangeme.com but um they the, it's 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 just increasing the number of people working with them but it's not just uh go post and you sell right it's exactly what we're trying to avoid uh and also uh the buyers or the grocery stores right you want to permeate through the noise um, so all those people that promise every un, over promise and under deliver people that are not ready for for business um, so uh, those actually end up damaging this potential relationship between the, the the vendors and the buyers because then the buyers get fed up right oh my god it's a waste of time people come here with bad products they're not ready and etc so RangeMe is a marketplace where you can list your products and um, the buyers or the, the, the companies, right, that would buy, possibly buy from you, they would use it to search for what they would like to either add or replace at their stores at a national level even, not just local anymore. So it really empowers them to find whatever they want without having to book uh, cost-intensive, time-consuming uh, meetings. Now, RangeMe has just launched a pilot program, which was open to only a few businesses, that they are uh, creating a category which is called uh, verified. And uh, verified business means that you uh, fulfill all the requirements to be at any grocery store. So just like as I read for you guys earlier today, all those questions asked by a grocery store to even be able to schedule a meeting with them. So Range Me does the work for them, make sure that everything is uh, vetted so that if they approach you, you're ready. And there are a few more things. They'll place you higher on the top of their search list. Your products will be highlighted. You're going to have icons to, to make it more visible. Uh, but anyways, so just going through the list again, uh, it, each one may work differently for you, right? But uh, uh, Unleash Today, 
we sell on our website, on Amazon, through sales reps, coffee distributors who want to be in restaurants, cafes, farmers markets, and range media or, or let's say mark, other marketplaces that we could sell. Valerian also mentioned Etsy, right? And there could be others. Um, unfortunately, I cannot disclose ton of data with you guys, and also there's also there, there's not a ton of. Uh, of data collected yet, and I, hopefully we're going to record more podcasts in the future to share our success with you. Um, but yeah, so you, there's not like one channel that would work, and that's that's it. Beautiful, not you don't need anything else, right? Uh, just like us, I would encourage you to try the 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 different channels. So it's hard to find what is the best one or what is the worst, right? Uh, it, it may. It may work differently for each one of you. Yeah, because the, before the final question, um, I just touch on restaurants and cafes mm-hmm. because that's my sore spot. Sure. Well, first of all, if you guys think that Unleashed Coffee is suitable for you and you are a cafe or restaurant, let us know because we would love to work with uh, restaurants and cafes. That would be really awesome. We don't have any yet. And Honestly, we did not really plan to build our own chain at this point. We wanted to really focus on a farming and roasting. Uh, and the sore spot is that, you know, we had some meetings with people who work in an industry, kind of like uh, feel, you know, how restaurant industry works. And, you know, we already had one or two pitches to people. As William said, he always, we always make sure that we check that they kind of match our values. Uh, so as he said, the data is not there yet because it's a one or two. But my source spot is that a lot of people claim have a very bold statement about farm to cup, you know, uh, coffee. And when it comes to, you know, offering them a real farm to cup, like really like from William's farm to their customers' cups, uh, we get a lot of no's. In some cases, the no, well, not a lot, but the, in these two cases, we got no's. Uh, and in some case, in one case, it was simply that oh, I have a you know partner and I, I'm not interested right now. Despite of the fact that we call, like explain that we are the only company here which can o- offer you this farm to cup experience, the company which you sell is not because they don't do that, and you promise farm to cup. So you know that's that's a sore spot. And the second case it was even worse where uh, actually they didn't really promise farm to cup, they promised kind of a, a nice coffee, but they, they, they look for convenience. So they asked us, the first question is that if we offer uh, coffee machines, like technology, like, you know, brewers, and if we offer our coffee ground in some pods, pre-measured pods, and, you know, as William said in the first episode, it freaks me out when I hear ground coffee <laughs> in pods. I was like, no. And, you know, in Green Plantation, when we sell, we get this question all the time, you know, do we have an espresso maker? And we always say, look, guys, we know that how the coffee industry used to work, but we are a new company which focuses on the quality of the coffee. Our energy is to select the best coffees, to roast them the best way, to improve every time with the new know-how. We're buying new roasters, just, you know, creating the best coffee experience we can and not repairing coffee makers because that's a different business you know selling coffee makers is a different business and you know i don't want to offend anyone but this is how we operate and 
I tried to do the same with Unleash, but you know, it's not successful yet. We don't give up again. We want to go strong, very strong. After I come from back, back after I come back from Europe, we want to go very strong on restaurants and cafes because, you know, I'm also a foodie and I feel that Unleash coffee can be used in very many innovative ways to create great drinks and great food, you know, like uh, one of the first successes we did is when we won the San Anselmo uh, County Fair with a cookie, which used the filling with Unleashed Coffee. And uh, my wife made that cookie and she won the first prize. So <laughs> there you go. So it's, you know, we, that's our dream to work with, you know, some nice chefs and people who really appreciate the coffee, not the equipment and not the ground pots. Yeah. And I think that uh, additionally, right, I... One story that we love telling and I, I think it's very illustri- uh, illustrative is you go to a restaurant, they greet you, they see you there, very nice to you. They tell you what the soup of the day is, what the salad of the day is, that they uh, uh, produce what came from local farms and so and so and ev- the large selection of wines, everything. You're very happy. You eat a nice meal. You have dessert. And then when it comes to coffee, it's pretty boring. They say, would you like – there are only two options, regular or decaf. That's it. Right? There's nothing else. And so – we thought that, hey, we have the solution to this problem. Why let the customer walk uh, out the door with that experience that was amazing, but then the coffee was either regular decaf and most cases were not good to avoid saying that was pretty disgusting. <laughs> um, so what we so we wanted to solve that problem and then we realized that a lot of them were going for convenience mm-hmm. and we had that feeling again that some said, oh, no, we already work with somebody. It's a long, long-term relationship. And then that's another aha moment that we had, which was, you know, when we approached them, and as Valerian said, if there's anybody there listening and feeling, hey, this might work, but I'm a long, I have a long-term partnership with somebody, we don't want to replace everything that you do today, right? We don't want to become a problem to you. We want to bring solutions. We want to show you or to allow you to have an addition, an amazing addition to your coffee menu to bring a story that you can tell that nobody else can, to bring a, a coffee with a quality that very few people have, and to be here for you, right? And to even participate as we did before, participate in events that people were so thrilled and excited to talk to a coffee farmer himself, a coffee roaster himself. So we want to build, as Valerian said, that strong relationship. And so there you go. We, we welcome also your feedback. Right? If you are from the industry and you and you say, hey, guys, this all sounds great. Go for it. And now this is flawed for so-and-so. Right? We would love to hear from you. Yeah, sure. And, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, you know, you, you can see now that William was right in the first episode that – actually, I was right that I'm the grouch and he's the positive guy because he twisted it right away into something amazing. You know? So yes, yes, of course, you know, it's a, you know, but it is a sore spot because you're right. You know, I always said that, that for me, a good restaurant experience is like having food, like having a, reading a beautiful poetry and then a coffee is a big smudge on the end. So it's, it's pretty sad. All right. The last question on this episode is what do you think, which, was the best channel so far and which was the biggest disappointment? I see. 
I'd say that the best channel is it's to the website. And I maybe I'm biased because I love technology. So I'm treating like as a double baby, <laughs> the twins, <laughs> where we put our website together that we get compliments from. And at the same time, we can sell the coffee the way we want, for the price we want, offering the services we want for the price we believe is fair. So I, I think the website's a winner. That's why we want to continue. I think we both and uh, both have a feeling that as soon as we hit the farmer's market, it's going to be another home run. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to disappointment, I would say I would say probably Amazon was the biggest because we were so hopeful because it promised something that we thought would be amazing. Hey, drop ship your coffee. We can program behind the scenes the fulfillment. They do everything. We can control price. Everything is there. It's a big marketplace. We thought that we 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 had like the aha moment that just a few people had. And and fast forward, what we learned was, well, if you have products that are non-perishable and that you uh, 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 don't mind not knowing how the fulfillment is going to happen, yes, it may be awesome. But if you have a product that is perishable, that ha- that you care about freshness, quality, and you want to deliver your promise, and you want to make a, a fair uh, uh, living, right, or at least a, a f- fair needed profit, so you can really distribute that value that's so important to the core of our business. It, it's it's just not there. So website winner, I would say I'm an Amazon loser. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, yep, but I just add a little thing that website is always just a tool. You have to market it. You have to yes. make sure that yeah. people will come to your website, and that's another skill and that's a topic for three other podcasts uh but yes at this point i really believe the website is uh the best and the amazon is a real letdown with the restaurants next to it <laughs> but again <laughs> well, i agree there's not enough data there yet yeah and and the restaurants i feel like what what we did was to talk to a few people right to get their feeling get their feedback we haven't actually done that big push that uh that i think we should we should it's our home it's on our homework so i think that the ball is on our court and and we'll attack it and and we want to score that point all right so thank you for listening guys this was a big one there's so many things here and we went through them pretty fast because you know each of them can deserve a whole episode but uh we prefer to kind of give you an overview and if you have any questions you know, you can always uh, drop us email, you can find us Facebook, or you just go to the Coffee Is Me Facebook group and ask there. We are happy to answer. Or actually what we uh, are planning to do is a Q&A episode where, you know, so we can share your questions and our answers with everyone um, in the future. So, you know, just keep asking questions. Keep them coming. I, I I love as you guys, I'm sure like you guys probably noticed by now at the, the end of the third episode that, both Valeria and I, we are very obviously passionate about coffee and uh, amazing coffee and amazing stories. And we love to hear from you. We love to share what we know, what we offer. Uh, it has been a pleasure. I will make sure that I share this experience with my parents. I'm going to talk to them uh, in, a, in a few hours' time. Uh, so to, to us, it's, it's just you know exciting. As if, if you have listened to the other episodes... 
you know what I'm talking about and you know that that tragic event from 2012 all the way to now being able to talk to the world to all of you and and share what we have built and what we're building what works what doesn't and what our goal is you know it it's it makes me feel emotional at times and um uh to to those of you who haven't listened maybe whenever you have a free time i encourage you to listen to it it's a pretty unique story in my opinion and Hopefully, uh, we'll get a few laughs. You get a few laughs out of it. All right. So, did you enjoy this? I hope you did. Uh, we revealed a lot of our, you know, let's call them secrets, right? A lot of things which we uh, had to face. And uh, we would be really grateful if somebody else told us. So, we tried to make this episode really, really useful. You know, we recorded this in May. And as I mentioned in the beginning, some things changed. And perhaps you are interested uh, for a small update. A uh, few things happened. One, that we started to sell green coffee on Amazon because, you know, we are a farm. So why not? Right. That makes sense. And it's doing pretty OK. I was thinking that we will not sell any, but I was surprised that we actually did. The other thing is that we are in uh, in a process of waiting for the next harvest. So we did not start our push towards restaurants and cafes because we're waiting for the new harvest. We really want to offer um, to these people samples which are nice and fresh and they represent the best of the farm. We hope to get this the, the production samples sometimes uh, next week. So that means by end of August. And we hope to decide about what we're going to bring in. And perhaps end of September, beginning of October, we're going to have the new lots here, which is a really exciting time for us. And then we're going to start a big push towards uh, cafes and, and restaurants. As William mentioned it in a podcast, we don't want to be the, the sole option for them. We want to offer an alternative on the menu. I know in Europe, this is a normal thing. Uh, Green Plantation usually sells their coffees in cafes where they sell multiple brands uh, from different local roasters or not local roasters. And that works for us. You know, it's kind of uh, gives a little competition, right? And inspires us all the roasters to achieve uh, better quality. So, yeah, I hope that United States, we find a similar cafes who will be open to this uh, kind of cooperation. And... Uh, then we also realized that one thing we have to do is farmer's markets. Uh, we're going to work very hard on that. But uh, again, you know, you always, there's some uh, problem at this point. Our main problem are the health permits for each county. The reason is because we live in the Bay Area. and the Bay Area, we would like to sell at least in four counties on different farmer's markets. And that means four different health permits. Four different health permits means $2,000 a year to give to uh, some bureaucrats, which drives me insane. Guys, I could, you can hear it on my voice that it really drives me insane because anytime you know I hear the big advantage of the United States is that to start a business here should be very easy. Let me tell you, maybe that was true 50 years ago, 30 years ago. I don't know, but it's definitely not true now. Uh, I can compare with... Uh, the fact with the situation when we started Green Plantation in Slovakia. Slovakia is a former communist country, so we still have a lot of bureaucracy um, as as a, as a inheritance from the past. And let me tell you, despite of that fact, 
starting a business in Slovakia is much cheaper, much easier, and much more straightforward than here in the United States. So I don't know, maybe other uh, states in the United States are different, but for California and for the Bay Area, it's very expensive uh, deal. So I, I was not really expecting that, but you know, as William said, he's the positive guy. We're going to tackle this. We're going to maybe start with one or two counties and then we'll see what can we do. Uh, the last thing I want to tell you that, you know, we mentioned the Q&A episode. If you guys come up with questions for us, we are, are going to make sure that the, the Q&A episode comes out very, very soon. Uh, if you don't, then uh, the next episode, as I mentioned in the beginning, I don't know when it comes, but I have a few ideas and I hope I'll be able to pull them off very soon or sooner or later. I don't know. I really don't know, guys, <laughs> but I hope really enjoy. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. So until the next time, have awesome, awesome time and ask us the questions so I can make the episode.